joining us today on another Better With Running uh, podcast. My name is Sophie Fit. I am, I think I'm the newest uh, member of the Run to PB coaching stable. Um, I've been a part of the team for a few months now and I'm thoroughly enjoying the uh, community and challenge of coaching some uh, fantastic athletes around Australia and around the world. Uh, and it's a privilege to be on the podcast today with two um, multiple Australian representatives in uh, uh, quite a variety of distances and, uh, and disciplines. So I'd love to welcome to the podcast today, uh, Gemma Maney and Madeline Heiner. Hi, ladies. Hi, hey, sir. How are you both? Oh, enjoying an extra long weekend. So really well, thanks. It's good. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, one of few people in New South Wales enjoying a public holiday today, so I um, uh, can't complain. Yeah, very good. Um, girls, we've got a few things to get through today in terms of what we've been up to, how our training lives are going. Um, I guess we've never been on a podcast together. I think we've all individually been on the Better With Running podcast. But uh, yeah, lots to sort of dig into. So um, give us a bit of a rundown. I'll start with you, Gem, how you're going, where you're at in sort of life and training and running. And then if you want to dive into a little bit of uh, your own sort of maybe a rough weekly breakdown of, of how your personal training is looking at the moment. Um, that'd be great to share with the listeners. Yeah. So I think, um, I guess like everyone else, 2020 has been quite strange. Um, for me, I'm a teacher and obviously we were teaching remotely. So it's looked very different this year. I've sort of been working both at school and at home, um, teaching online. Um, I was really fortunate, I guess, that my students were all really lovely and really self-motivated, so it made my life easy, but certainly um, it was very different. I guess it's the part I like about teaching is the face-to-face -face contact. So, mm. yeah, it's been a little bit strange, I guess, talking to myself um, on a computer all day, every day. Mm. Um, but, yeah, back to face-to-face -to -face teaching now, which has been great, but it is quite exhausting. I guess I sort of got into my own little routine here at home, yeah. um, which was quite relaxing. But, yeah, it's great to be back. Um, How did the kids go getting back into school? Like, they would have been so out of routine. Yeah, so I think there was, oh, there was mixed emotions, I guess, about coming back. A lot of them were really excited, but there was a lot of kids that were really anxious about coming back. Yeah. Uh, which I can relate to. Like, we hadn't seen anyone, and it was sort of you, you put in a classroom full of, what like 25 people again and it was mm. yeah I think they found it a little overwhelming but I think we all agreed at the end of the first day it felt like we hadn't ever gone anywhere That's so, um, so your yeah, secondary. All, yeah yeah I've got um two classes of year nine so I'm working in a year nine program um so luckily I knew the students quite well because I've only yeah like I work really closely in particular with one class um, so yeah, it, it, it was like we never actually even left. So yeah, that's it was so great good. seeing them all and letting them all see each other and stuff again. So yeah, they all fitted in quite seamlessly. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. And um, you and your body and your running and your training, give us a bit of a rundown. Yeah. So I guess 
2020 has been a bit of a roller coaster as my body sort of has been in the last couple of years. Um, I got into a really good routine in the first lockdown um, and felt like I was probably fitter than I'd been in quite a few years. Um, probably learned a valuable lesson. I was running more kilometers than I'd ever run, but I didn't up the food intake. Like I wasn't running a, a lot more. Um, but yeah, I just got a sort of a little bit of a niggle that was probably precluding to a bone, bone injury. Um, so I've, I got that straight away, um, only needed a week off. Um, but I cross trained too hard in that week, um, set myself some silly goals on the elliptical, uh, <laughs> to try to beat Matt's half marathon time when I did a marathon on it, uh, which I succeeded in doing, but I, Gave myself bursitis in the hip in the process, oh. <laughs> which is funny looking back at now, but quite frustrating. Um, so a week-long injury turned into a month debacle. Mm. Um, but yeah, got back into the swing of it uh, for the last five to six weeks. Um, and then out of nowhere, I pinched my sciatic nerve. I think it might have been from sitting a bit more uh, now that I was working back on site. Um not really quite sure of the cause, but yeah, it just meant the last two weeks. I was still able to run through it, but no speed work. It was sort of just slow jogging a lot of it on the treadmill because it doesn't use um, your hamstring as much. It was sort of referring down my hamstring. Um, so yeah, it's been a little bit up and down. I guess I use running as a bit of a release, um, like me time. So when I wasn't able to run particularly in stage four lockdown, um, I'm sure a lot of people that were in my position that were injured during that time. Um, I was a little bit emotional and stressed and it just, yeah, wasn't a fun place to be. So I'm really mm. grateful I'm back out there. Um, I did my first session in 10 days this morning, which was a bit of a rude, rude shock to the system, particularly given it was our first taste of summer weather. Yeah. Um, but yeah, really loving being back. I've got a really good girl group that um, we've started down here, which has been a treat. I've, been training by myself for quite a few years and I've got um, Mel Townsend and Karina Fife who I've probably raced oh, for yeah, the last so 10 good. years or so yeah and we've got like the same PB so it's been great to link up with those two girls and we've yeah been training together for the last couple of months which has been a lot of fun yeah oh, that's awesome yeah so that's I guess me in a nutshell <laughs> nice I feel like obviously I've known you a long time Jam, and kind of ridden some of the bumps of your um the ups and downs particularly a lot of the ups but also some of the, the injuries yeah. I think you have got one of the most um not necessarily complex but kind of comprehensive injury cv in terms yeah. of just some of the weird stuff you've had not necessarily like I mean all of it can be very much traced back to very normal um sports medicine and typical running injuries but just like you've got a real diverse range of injuries would you say I really like, have a strange of, yeah a strange yeah, I guess portfolio of injuries. Yeah, you really do. Like even some, yeah, some of the systemic ones as well as some of the yeah like, sort of acute physical and yeah. So I guess the weirdest one I've got is a partially detached ligament in the outside of one of my knees, which I think I can link back to doing a um a hike on school camp, uh, mm -hmm. where I was probably looking after the students more than myself. Yeah. Um. And yeah, just didn't get it diagnosed properly for two years, so. Instead and of having had <laughs> not necessarily anemia in terms of low iron, but haven't you had sort of like a fairly um, serious iron thing one time? Like an yeah, iron so iron. I've I've had both 
rain, I guess, ends of the spectrum. I guess I grew up a lot suffering from anemia, like a lot of um, distance runners. But yeah, during that space, space of my um, knee injury, it actually came out that I am I'm genetically predisposed to having hemochromatosis. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And my, my liver functioning tests were coming back quite strange and I was feeling really sick, like constantly. Um, and they couldn't quite figure out why. And when they did full blood studies, yes, I did end up in hospital the next day getting blood taken out. Um, I think I was the second highest blood sat uh, iron saturation levels that they'd seen at that point. Um, but Has that's all under control now. Um, I guess I've been low again since then. I just know how to manage it now and I guess the signs to look out for. Yeah, cool. Nice one. Um, over to you, Madeline Heiner. Where are you and what are you up to? And give us a bit of a rundown on uh, on all things training. Yeah, gosh. Well, I, um, I think I'm one of the lucky ones who uh, had a holiday to New South Wales that was impeccably timed. Um, <laughs> I, I was in Melbourne and... Um, was planning a trip up to see my brother who just had his third little girl um, at the end of June and headed off for a road trip with the dog packed and um, actually fortunately some of my plants because I was worried they'd die in the week or two I was away um, and I haven't returned to Melbourne since so that was the end of June um, I think it was a week or two later uh, Melbourne you know started to go into lockdown and and obviously there's been no real urgency for me to return until things started to uh, to free up so I am currently in my childhood bedroom in Wollongong, uh, just south of Sydney. Um, and yeah, I've, I've been really, really lucky. I mean, life here is um, as close to normal as I think it would be anywhere. Um, you know, there's caps on, on crowding and, and nightclubs and things, which I probably wouldn't really be engaging in anyway. <laughs> um, and yeah, I've been able to work as normal. Um, I work in for a consulting pharmacy consulting company which uh, Sophie's quite familiar with her father is my boss mm-hmm. um, and I've been able to work uh, in that role as normal from here less um, less site visits and I guess a list less diversity in what we're able to do but I'm um, still really lucky um, in terms of my running <laughs> that was the part that wasn't impeccably timed um, depending on how you look at it, I suppose um, I'd had a really great kind of six months of just consistency and no real changes and a real uh, joy and love of running and I'm not sure what happened but I crossed that border uh, into New South Wales and almost immediately I sort of started to have some niggles in my ankle which um, ended up being a bit of a mystery. Um, I had 10 weeks off running in the end after having three cortisone injections into different spots in my ankle. The uh, final diagnosis, which I still think is relatively subjective, um, was posterior ankle impingement, which is, uh, I think, far more common in a ballerina or um, I'm told a jumper or mm-hmm. anyone who's sort of stopping and, and moving or putting their uh, foot into flexion, which I certainly don't do if anyone's ever seen me run. Um, so it's a bit of a mystery, that one. But uh, turns out that 10 weeks off running has done the trick and, sorry, three injections and everything else um and yeah I'm back running now and um uh happier than ever I think whenever people have time off running myself certainly included um you know as soon as you're back running even when it's a minute on minute off um you know I'm just I've just been so happy since so I'm really uh taking it very slowly and really no plans other than just enjoying running at the moment and um yeah seeing how that progresses 
Yeah, that's so good. I feel like it's such a testament to your natural ability that you, and you, I don't know if you agree with this because, you know, we are always our own um, toughest judge or whatever you say, toughest critic, but you do get fit super quickly. <laughs> like it's pretty yeah. impressive. You know, like, you know, when we had our run to PB meeting the other day and you sort of shared a couple of the paces that you were running, you know, they were pretty impressive off no 10, like 10, 10 weeks off, you basically lose your conditioning. So you can maintain some aerobic capacity, but that conditioning and certainly that top end goes. But um, to find some, I think you were running sort of 340 pace, um, if my memory's right. You know, that's, and our, our, our listeners can, you know, relate to those sort of paces. It's, do you want to talk us through a couple of those just mini workouts that you've been able to do in terms of the paces you've been able to hit just for that appreciation of, you know, what, an Olympic elite athlete um, at that level, what you are able to very quickly <laughs> resume to that uh, some of us mere mortals can hardly chase off, you know, six months of consistent training. Yeah, well, it's funny. I mean, I've, you know, had, had plenty of um, injuries over my years as well. And um, all of them seem to be these tendon, um, you know, really frustrating, uh, questionable time length sort of ones. I, I've got good bones. I don't have any problems there. Um, and at different times I've put, you know, varying levels of energy into cross-training. Um, this time, I really didn't have any urgency to keep absurdly fit. You know, I could see that the return to run was going to be pretty pretty um, slow. And um, so what I did do in the 10 weeks was, you know, very much decided on what I felt like on the day. Um, yeah. So I was swimming a little bit. Um, that apparently made the ankle significantly worse. So we, we got rid of that. And it ended up being just going out on the bike um, and I actually got into some yoga, which... I'm sure provided everyone in my class with a lot of uh, entertainment. Not, uh, I'm not fantastic at that, but it was a lot of fun. My favourite um, yoga motto is no one's looking at me. <laughs> exactly. That's what she kept saying. She said, it's as much about the mind as the body. And I thought, thank you, because uh, my body is not really um, impressive right now. Um, and, yeah, instead of kind of, uh, I guess, getting stuck into the cross training, I, you know, took up a few extra uh, days of work in the dispensary and channeled my energy to that. So, um, coming back to running, I certainly felt pretty ordinary in those first walk jogs and uh, really appreciated the, the walk aspect of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, things have progressed pretty, pretty well. I mean, I'm still very, um, I'm very happy to just, um, I guess, progress the paces slowly. Um, so I've been doing uh, a few more sessions. I've progressed past the 340 now, I guess, but um, I'm still not, you know, trying to squeeze everything out of any rep or anything like that. That's um, not necessary right now. It's really just building up the strength again and, you know, the mileage and the volume and the impact and, um, and taking it really slowly. So in terms of where I'm up to now, um, I've been lucky that as soon as I got back running, there's um, so many runners around here. And obviously this is where I I'm from and this is where I actually had my uh, few years build up to, to Rio. So um, there's lots of runners available when I can run. Um, and I've been jumping in with some of the triathletes for some runs. And uh, one in particular is a Chilean triathlete uh, called Barbara Riveros. Um, Barbara actually uh, came fifth in Rio in the triathlon. Um, wow. So she's been doing some sessions. Of me. Yeah, well, uh, the other one I've been running with is Non Stanford, who's a, a British um triathlete who came fourth in Rio in the triathlon so yeah. I'm uh, I'm actually the dunce of the group um, <laughs> and, um they don't they don't remind me of that but I remind myself of it all the time um but yeah I've been having Barbara to do some sessions with so uh we've just been doing some 
1K reps um, and I'm up to six of those now and um, I've just been doing them around sort of the 320 pace on the bike path. Um, we regroup and, and head back again with a 60-second recovery. So, um, yeah, that's been good. Um, I guess the other fun thing I've actually got to do in the last week, um, I had the chance to go down to Jindabyne for a bit of a, a girls' trip with some running friends and um, we were able to just, you know, go exploring the trails and um, that was pretty pretty fantastic and a good reminder of, you know, what, what running is to me is, um, you know, the opportunity to go and explore some different places and um, do that with some friends. So it was, it was fantastic. <laughs> That's so good. So are you doing a long run a week, two sessions and just jogs roughly? Yeah, yep. So I'm having uh, Monday is a bit of a cross training as you feel day. Uh, Tuesday, yeah, was my session day today. Uh, Wednesday is just 30 minutes recovery. Thursday, I'm doing 45 to squeezed out to 60 minutes, I think last week with the girls. <laughs> um, Friday's total rest. Um, Saturday, I'm up to doing 16 minute tempo. And then Sunday, I've just got up to about 70 minutes. Um, nice. It's a good week. Yeah. yeah. So we're really just sitting there. Um, I think, you know, my last two weeks have probably changed by a kilometre or two a week. We've, um, we're not really uh, planning to progress that a lot in the next few weeks. Um, hopefully when I'm back in Melbourne in a couple of weeks' time, I'll be slightly longer on that long run. So, um, you know, no one has to drop me off halfway <laughs> when mm. I'm running with my friends. But, um, yeah, it's going really well. That's good. Is Craig still coaching you? He is, yes. Yep. So I haven't seen him for a while. I don't, I don't think we know what each other look like anymore. <laughs> um, it's the nature of 2020, isn't it? But, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah Craig is still coaching me and um, he's just, I mean, oh, he's just been so amazing the last couple of years with, um, you know, the hammy surgery and um, everything else that's gone on this year. I, yeah, really, really happy to have him in my camp. Mm. it makes you realize how much they they're invested in the person and not the athlete like the athletes kind of 10 percent of it and the person's yeah. 90%, you know yeah and I think it also shows it just takes a few years to really um you know to get to know someone like each year Craig's been involved with me since 2017 and um totally took over in 2018 um and you know each year just we we know each other more you know there's certain things that he doesn't maybe need to follow up now that he used to feel like he needed to and um I think just the trust and the connection you know grows as, as you get yeah. to know anybody um yeah. same with training partners and and you know everyone you're involved with and for those wondering who we're talking about that's Craig Mottram just kind of low-key Australia's uh well you it would be pretty easy to say he's Australia's best ever middle distance runner <laughs> Yeah. I would, I would most certainly. I'm certainly a fangirl. Yeah. I mean, like statistically, yeah, he would have done yeah. more. No, I'm just giggling because um, I have this. I haven't said it to him many times, but I, a few times I've pointed out to him that I think he came eighth. I could be wrong, but I think he came eighth in the Olympics, and um, so I just remind him that I came seventh. Um, <laughs> mind you, I'd trade everything for the, every every other part of his career, obviously. But uh, there yeah. is that one statistic that I have over him. <laughs> Yeah, he uh, certainly him and Benito in the two thousand early two thousands. It's pretty remarkable what they did, and you know, no one. I mean, obviously Stewie's getting close to some things now, but it's taken a long time for the next the next gen. He'll always be, you know, an absolute superstar. Yeah, and it's actually cool because we were on a, a world cross country team together. I think in two thousand five or six, and I was a junior and he was a senior, and obviously you know the gap and the relationship then is very different. But um, yeah, it's really nice to kind of have that little bit of a connection as well. Yeah. Now, how have you been going so? I'm pretty good, thank you. I probably don't have the um, 
uh, interesting part of the story that you two have in terms of um, navigating sort of mini hurdles in the last few months. I've been pretty straightforward. Um, I haven't been training with anyone really. I've been pretty much doing it all on my own. Mind you, pre-COVID, I probably only do two runs a week with other people, but um, because I was face-to-face and patient-facing consulting um, in a clinic, pretty much all of this whole whole COVID period, except for five weeks during stage four, and even then I was still going in one day a week for high risk or um, sort of fairly, you know, more or less urgent um, patients, I just decided I didn't think it was right to be catching up with anyone for a run. I think there was that period where we could buddy up with one person, but just didn't sort of feel right when I was kind of in contact with um, the community. Um, anyway, so I've been pretty much, I still run every day. So I've been running every day and basically holding about 100 to sort of 120 at the most Ks per week. So I only run once a day. If I was sort of training for a marathon, I'd probably double two days per week, maybe three. Um, I do maintain fairly high mileage normally, but lower intensity. Um, and then since sort of about May, I think it was about May, June, I sort of thought, well, all I need to do is stay fit. And I'm also have managed a hamstring tendinopathy that um, derailed a lot of 2019. So my priorities were stay fit, stay healthy and really get the tendon back to as good as the right leg. Cause it's my left proximal hamstring tendon. Um, and so I've just, I mean, it's a very mundane, boring training regime. I only do one session a week, but then I just try and add a bit of juice to the, um, to my long run, but my long runs never more than about, an hour 45 obviously I was in the thick of the 60 minute rule which I stuck to um pretty well like I certainly didn't go out for my Sunday long run and do long long runs but you know if I was out of the house for 70 75 minutes by myself in isolated areas I certainly wasn't kind of losing my marbles um so yeah it's just been like a holding literally a holding pattern like stay fit and I'll be hoping to hit a marathon um, at some stage next year. And I just want to be able to hit go on a 16 week training block um, and be in a position that I can do that. So, and, and just really be as, I'm more motivated when I've got a little gym because we live in an apartment complex and there's a gym downstairs and it's a really actually really well-resourced gym. And I, I'm quite focused when I'm in there doing my hamstring stuff. And as soon as I'm in the apartment, it's such a psychological thing. I am so bad doing my exercises. Um, I just get so distracted. Like I will do anything to not be doing what I'm meant to be doing. Whereas if I'm in the gym, it's just, I'm there to do it. So it's actually been a challenge for me to really set aside time to prioritize that. Mm. Um, And then I, I'm actually a huge yoga, um, bit of a yoga junkie. That doesn't mean I'm good. It just means I like it. And I found Downward Dog. It's this app and it's just brilliant. I love it. I've subscribed to it. And you just plug in like the intent, like the level that you want to be at. So how, how kind of um, how much yoga have you done in the past? So your level, where you want to focus it. Um, do you want to do passive or active? You know, do you want sort of chest and shoulders? Do you want hip flexors? Do you want quads? So you plug it all in. What voice do you want to hear? And they give you the list of like all these different people's voices what music do you want and then you hit start and it just um, pumps out a sequence for however long you've selected in terms of time and I am just loving that so it's kind of running a little bit of core that's mostly um, centered around hamstring rehab and or supporting hamstring rehab and um, yeah DIY yoga so that's me yeah that's app up what was that I think I need to look this app up. Yeah, it's so good. Because if, if you haven't done much yoga or haven't done it in a while, 
Um, you just select the really easy stuff, which is doesn't mean, you know, that's just what you do. Like it's, it's called down dog. So I think I said downward dog. It's just called down dog. And you get, I think it's a, might be a two month or a three month trial. And then I bought the 12 month um, subscription. It was $97. Now, if I did it every single day and I paid $97 for 12 months, mm-hmm. if you go to a yoga studio, it's 25 in Melbourne, it's $25 mm-hmm. per class. So in four days, so four yoga classes, it's paid itself off. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's so good. Um, I've really, really, really liked it. Like I've really enjoyed doing a lot of yoga. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So anyway, um, girls, do you want to have a bit of a hamstring? Is the hamstring all good? Yeah, it's really good. It's really, really good. Like I have a few, you know, Mad, you'd know all about this. Um, <laughs> sometimes just out of nowhere, it's just not, you just don't have a good day. And I know someone... Um, John Quinn, the exercise physiologist said to me, he goes, if you have a bad day, think of what you did 24 to 48 hours prior, because that will probably be the, your evidence or your, you know, your, um, the, what do you call it? Like the reason for why it might be sore, but that never really makes any sense to me because I'll think of what I did 24, 48 hours back. No, didn't think that would be a trigger. So I probably, probably one in about one day in about every three weeks. I'm like, God, it really isn't. It kind of just drops its ball a little bit. But on the whole, I mean, I have absolutely no pain with seated, being seated or in the car, those prolonged periods. I have no issues whatsoever. Um, and then running like it's my, my, my right leg's my good leg and that's 100%. And I'd say my left leg is probably 97% um, there, 98%. Like I have no pain. And then occasionally I just have this very subtle awareness. And Matt, as you would know, obviously when it gets really tendon-ish it's very much in your butt like right yeah. up in your butt but if it's just sort of this general vague muscular awareness down the sort of the belly of the muscle like the middle of the back of your leg that's when I'm like that's fine cool that's just a bit of hamstring weakness but it's when it's that real butt pain um that and I haven't had that for months like so long and that's, that's really reassuring exciting because I remember at City to Bay last year you that were was sort of limited to what pace you could run because it was so sore. It wasn't good then. That's twelve. Yeah, yeah that's fourteen months ago, and um, and yeah, that was not good. In fact, and then it did actually come good in October, November. I feel like once I pulled the pin on Melbourne Marathon, I just knew that was never going to happen, and just psychologically relaxed and realized there's nothing to really aim for, and just focused my energy on our wedding, which was in February, and like looking forward to that, and just took the pressure off oh, boom, what happens? Your body suddenly starts playing ball and, you know, that's not a coincidence. And then everything was really good. I ran, you know, Jan, Feb, uh, December, Jan, Feb, March, April, it was good. And then right around sort of mid to late April, the wheels started falling off. And that's because I just got, I was like, well, look, there's no, there's no races to train for. I'm going to start trying to pump out a few, like just back to back 150, 160K weeks and got really complacent and very lazy with my um uh, uh, exercises and it bit me literally bit me in the butt like it really and that's when I was like you just can't do that I just can't do that when it's so yeah basically all of the winter has just been um, and I haven't had I haven't tried PRP I haven't had cortisone I don't think cortisone is the right thing for me no I found um, shockwave therapy really helped mine when I had uh, chronic tendinopathy in my hamstring yeah well we I use that like daily on Achilles stuff and I probably yeah. do um, thought about that for hammy except that I just I knew my exacerbators and my relievers and I knew that if I did the relievers I was on the right track it's just a matter of doing them 
And, um, you know, everybody's heard this a thousand, a thousand times over, but tendons just need load in those exercises and it gets better. And yep. um, I just, I did get really, I actually got greedy. I got greedy in that sort of March, April, May period. Cause I was like, this is great. I don't have to be fresh for anything. I just really want to get back into just doing that high mileage. And I got greedy and I just completely over, overcooked the turkey and I did too much without <laughs> respecting the other stuff and yeah paid for it but no it's good now it's it's good now but they are just such chronic injuries it's unbelievable <laughs> they're frustrating and you sound like such a typical distance runner oh, I, just oh, yeah. run. I don't I don't like doing the gym stuff so much I know yeah or even just even doing that gym stuff half-assed like or yeah like yep. You just got to do it properly. Like, do it really. No distractions, no phone. All that. Like, and then I've got, I've got my patients. I was like, schedule it in your calendar, like it's in a meeting with your an accountant, because yep. you wouldn't miss a meeting. I you put can't. it in my training. Um, Adam puts it in my training program now. Yeah. And says, like, you should be doing it for this long, and it yeah. holds me accountable because that was my worst thing as well. Yeah. Because you wouldn't cut 10 minutes off a run. No, exactly. Yeah. So, so it's like you cut 10 minutes? minutes. Yeah. On my program, I found it's helped me so much. Yeah. And it's like, if you're doing hill reps, you wouldn't get three quarters up the hill and go, oh, stuff it. I'll just jog back now. So then if you've got 10 reps, why would you get to seven, which is kind of like I would do and be like, yeah, I think we're good for today. You know? Yeah. Yep. Anyway, um, girls, do you want to talk about some of our runners, our athletes, our run to PB community? Sure. Madeline, you can kick it off. I don't know why I've started calling you Madeline, but Madeline. <laughs> so formal. Um, yeah, well, I mean, I um, I guess I'll talk about my athletes. Yeah, I've got uh, 15 athletes at the moment, which is um, a good little stable. Yeah. Um, and I'm actually planning one of the things I've, I think I've promised every single one of my athletes that I'll um, I'll help pace them for a PB or something when I'm back um, because I've just been so amazed by um, everyone's positivity and you know, commitment throughout the last six months and obviously there's been some athletes who you know have, have found it really tough in terms of you know work life family having the kids at home all those things um and some of them you know have, have been frustrated if they haven't you know seen a linear improvement in the last six months but um everyone's kept running there's been a couple of niggles here and there but um everyone's just so motivated and uh it's it's been amazing for me actually to get to be a part of I think you know particularly through um, times when I haven't been running um, you get that connection and that um, you know that's you get to stay involved in the running community even even when you know sometimes you sort of want to shy away from it when you're not able to physically be a part of it yourself so um, yeah everyone I'm trying to think I've had a couple of PBs over the 5 and 10k which has all been done in time trials obviously so I um, am really confident that uh, if I can go back and run alongside them and yell at them slash encourage them, we can squeeze out a, a bit more time. Um, I've got one athlete who's uh, based in Oslo um, and she's been really fortunate to be able to jump into some actual races um, and she's been you know, taking every opportunity she's had. Um, we've had a few PBs there, um, jumping on the track soon for a 10K as well, which I'm, I'm really confident she'll run in well. So, um, yeah, it's just been great, I guess, to to share what running can give as a coping mechanism and a, um, a release, you know, for every other stress that we've all encountered this year. It's, it's been great to share that with, you know, so many other people. Yeah. So good. What about you, Jem? How's your story? Yeah, I, I guess I've got quite a similar story to um, Mads in terms of so many of my athletes have used running um, yeah, as a release or like a, 
I guess, a stress relief mechanism during COVID. Um, I know a lot of them had a bit of anxiety about work. Um, so I sort of feel like I've sort of been an ear as well, um, where they've sort of had somewhere to someone to talk to. Um, yeah, and then we've used running as a way to, like, escape from those pressures that have come from this year. Like, I guess it's been a learning experience for everyone. Yeah. Um, but I found, yeah, like everyone's probably wanted to train more or harder than they've ever mm -hmm. trained before because they haven't got all those social commitments or, you know, they've got extra time because they're not commuting to work. So, yeah, I think I've used, or all of my athletes have used this time just to get really consistent and it's paying off, you know, massively. I think most of my athletes have run huge PBs um, this year in across like a different range of um distances and yeah I guess it's strange coaching some of them now to races up in Brisbane and Perth and so on um mm. it's quite I don't know I feel a little a little bit of FOMO um <laughs> giving them advice on how to tackle a race again when we're sort of we were still in stage four lockdown yeah. um but yeah it's great that they're all getting those experiences and all their trainings paying off like in actual races you know you're able to give so much more in a race rather than in a time trial solo yeah um, so yeah it's great getting them to see all those rewards from their hard training in COVID yeah. um, and then I guess it's been easy to share their disappointments as well like with races being cancelled because um, we're all sort of in the same position so yeah. I know one girl in particular um, who I coached, Fiona, was planning on going over to do New York Marathon and it's been on her bucket list forever. Yeah. Um, so that was a bit challenging. Um, you know, that was obviously cancelled. Um, so, yeah, just trying trying to find ways to overcome those, not becoming despondent, but trying to find ways to keep yourself motivated during those big goals being cancelled. Yeah. Um, but yes, I think I might have bitten off a little bit more than I can chew as well. I've promised quite a few people to pace them. <laughs> um, most of them, I feel comfortable. Uh, I'll be able to be of assistance. Uh, but there's one, um, Gary, who wants to break 40 minutes for a 10K. It's been on his bucket list forever. So I'm actually a little bit nervous that uh, I might not make the whole 10K. <laughs> You'll be fine. <laughs> um oh, that's good I think it's the one thing that especially sort of Melbourne metro Melbourne area is running's just been that one constant you know yeah and, yep for sure and, you know every single day we listen to well I don't know if everyone listens but Dan Andrews comes on at these 11 o'clock press conferences and literally tells us how we can live you know and there's just so much that gets taken out of our control and out of our hands and you know that's the nature of a global health pandemic is you know as citizens you've just got to there's a lot of stuff you can't control obviously and there's a lot of things that you can't do but as athletes you know or as runners particularly I don't even mean sports people because um I've listened to patients in clinic tell me how much they love their daily swim and they haven't swum since that I mean pools are open now but dial back a couple of weeks ago and they hadn't swum properly since hadn't swum to their liking since March April or whatever but I feel like you know it's so reassuring that as a runner you know you can literally tip our whole world upside down you can take away everything you can change every single thing and we can still do what we want to do like it just we're recession proof we're pandemic proof where you know and you can still get a good workout in an hour on the 5k bubble as well like absolutely cyclists as well like would have found it so challenging you can't go very far in a 5k bubble on a bike yep 
But even those that, you know, some people just love their daily spin class or their body pump. Yeah, yeah. 45 and those sort of things just literally slid from under your feet, just taken away. But Mm -hmm. as runners, you know, when there was so much instability and so many changes and so much uncertainty, we just could, at least you could lace up every single day and know that no one can take that thing away from you. (laughs) I must admit I did panic by a treadmill at the start of the first lockdown. Yeah. I panic bought an elliptical, which I assume still is in my apartment in Melbourne. <laughs> I, I don't know if it's still there, but yeah, I I, I did that too. <laughs> yeah. We were supposed to be over in Europe a couple of months ago, and I mapped out these runs on our treadmill of where we were supposed <laughs> to be. And so I, I still felt like I got out and I saw the Colosseum in Rome. And <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> did so my sightseeing in my garage. In your garage. <laughs> Um, girls, before we wrap up, we do have a few listener questions that were sent in. I think, Jem, you've got them. So do you want to fire away the question and we might just all sort of uh, shoot back or contribute to an answer? Yeah. So the first question, um, do you want me to read out who sent them through as well? Sure. Um, so the first question um, was, do you take regular down weeks uh, with less intensity or do you schedule days off? Um, and that was sent from Georgia Holden. Um, I think that's a really good question. Um, do you want me to answer first or does anyone yep. want to jump in? You go. Uh, so I guess I do cycle training. I have one harder week and one sort of easier week in terms of kilometres. Uh, but the biggest difference for me is every second week I, I have a complete rest day. So um, I can do what I want. Normally I just go for a light walk, but yes, I definitely do schedule in days off. Um, I don't often enjoy my rest days, but I know they're definitely beneficial um, in terms of recovery and allowing my body and I guess even mentally just to prepare for the next two week cycle. Um, and yeah, I, I do enjoy getting that sleep in every second Saturday and not having that pressure of having to yeah, go, go out and run. Yeah, it's even better it's on a weekend as well. Yeah, I know. I initially was like, oh, I love my Saturday runs. But, yeah, I actually really enjoy that Saturday morning sleeping every second week. Yeah, nice. What about you, Matt, when you're in sort of full training? Yeah, I definitely – I've always had a a day off, um, definitely off running, and I'm sort of similar. I'll I'll try to do something often on the day um, that I've got off running, whether it's – I guess used to be a bit of cross-training, but now that I have uh, my little pug, um, it tends to be just a long walk with him. Um, So I still feel like I get outside, chuck a podcast in, and and I get to move, and I think that helps a lot with recovery. Um, I think, you know, I have a habit of – throwing myself into a lot of work, um, pharmacy work. I think I've been doing, you know, close to 50 hours a week for the last while that I've been here. Um, and so I think, you know, for me, it's really important to realise that, you know, my fatigue doesn't just come from from my running training. Um, and so that day off is, is really precious, um, you know, just to, to give me recovery from, from everything, you know, and also to, yeah, give me the chance to, to sleep in and um, just have a, you know, a more normal day um, and really recover in every way. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of uh, down weeks, um, we do have them. They're not really structured in, you know, as in every three or four weeks or something like that. I'd say it's it's a little bit different when there haven't been races. Um, you know, normally a race would really obviously periodise the training that, that I would personally have. Um, so I think that's probably been one of the things that's changed a little bit this year. And um, I guess I don't really 
uh, have have experience on how the whole winter went because I ended up having 10 weeks of down week. Um, but in terms of my athletes, I'm really um, conscious of putting in a down week. Um, I think one of the, the difficult things about COVID was that, um, like Gemma said, everyone was really willing to work hard um, and it was almost a challenge to hold people back. Um, mm. You know, they sort of, like all of us, would like to see the numbers keep increasing each week in terms of mileage and, and times coming down. And um, that's just not, you know, possible to keep happening and it's, it's you know, bound to, to end poorly eventually. So um, for most of my athletes, I'll have probably every four to five weeks a week that really is minimal running. Um, I'll put in maximum distances that they're allowed to run, but I encourage, you know, them to take as much of the time off as they want um, or substitute for, you know, some cross training um, and really, you know, give themselves that mental and physical break um, just yeah. so they're ready to go again. Yeah, well answered. I'm fairly similar. I don't schedule a day off per se, but I tend to throw one in, particularly if I've got sort of a later finish at work and then an early start the next day, just from a, for a sleep perspective. So it's just really about banking a bit more sleep and then having a complete day off. But that's more just, I just throw them in sporadically. Um, but at least one week of the month, I back my mileage off to about 75% of what it sort of was. So just obviously round numbers. If I'd been running a hundred K week, I'd literally run 75 K mm-hmm. and the cutting of the mileage comes primarily from my long run, just cause that's what I get really fatigued from. And I would probably chuck or cut off anything between sort of 20 minutes and to half an hour. And I cut out um, I usually cut out all sessions and just jog for the week or just do one modified workout. Um, and then when I get back into that, my goal is that the, the down week is a massive contrast to the other three weeks of the month. And if I can achieve that then, um, and I, I always feel really good that next Monday. And it's also, I reckon when you're in that third week, or for me, that third week about to have the down week, you kind of just push those last few reps a little bit harder because you know the rest is coming. Um, and I'm also just, if I head out, I have to feel really good in most of those jogs in that down week. And if I head out for 50 minutes and I'm not loving it, then that's the week where it's like, no, you don't just sort of grind through. Let's make it a 35, 40 minute run, Mm -hmm. get home and, uh, just do some gentle stretching or something like that. So it's not sort of a scheduled rest day unless I want or need it. But I find that, um, that recovery week is pretty substantial in terms of, um, a lot less than what I would do. Yeah, actually just um, you saying having a bit of flexibility there, um, as much as I, you know, tend to have a day off each week, um, I don't have it as a set day. Um, I've always found it a little funny that, you know, we're so uh, structured in terms of, you know, our long run on a Sunday and, and you know, a, a session on a Tuesday. And um, traditionally I had Friday as my day off. Um, and I'm not always tired on a Friday. Sometimes mm. I'm tired on a Wednesday. Yeah. Um, so my Monday, Wednesday and Friday, you know, uh, I use my common sense in terms of kind of moving those around and, and being a bit flexible and, um, you know, more often than not, um, Wednesday, obviously hump day, the, the genuine hump day is, um, you know, the day that maybe I, I do need to cut short. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm flexible with, with where that day falls. Yeah. Nice. Jen, what's your next question? Uh, yes, this one's from Gary. Um, where is the most unusual slash memorable or interesting place you have run? Does anyone want to kick yourself for that one? Or do you want me to start? Yeah, you start. I think that's a really hard question to um, to answer. I feel like I've got so many favourite places to run. <laughs> um, you can give us two. Or locally, um, I think my favourite 
um, or int mo most interesting place to run is down at Point Nepean, right on the very tip of Mornington Peninsula. Um, you get a view of both bays um, and all of the historic buildings from when it was sort of used uh, to, as a quarantine station and all like the war relics. Um, and I guess I was really fortunate to spend a couple of years living over in the United States where there were gorgeous trails um, and any of those trails in autumn, we don't really experience autumn like they do over there. Um, they were just, yeah, amazing. I could just get lost in those for hours. So I guess, yeah, overseas, definitely on those trails, but yeah, locally, Point Nepean. So if anyone hasn't run down there and you live in Melbourne, I highly recommend it at some stage. Nice. Mad, what's your favourite place or most interesting place to run? So favourite place is um, definitely around my grandparents' property um, out in Berrigan, which is in the Riverina, just um, on the New South Wales side of the, the border, of the New South Wales border. Um, they've got an old farmhouse um, and they've moved into, into town in the, the big smoke of Berrigan. Um, and if I run between the two places, all the dirt trails um, and from one house to the other and back is 21 kilometres. So it's almost exactly my long run. Um, and that's just always, you know, amazing to, to run along and, you know, uh, reminisce about time spent there. Um, and my most unusual place is going to be um, running in West Africa. Um, obviously, East Africa is, you know, got quite the pedigree as distance runners around Ethiopia and Kenya and whatnot. But um, uh, running in the Gambia and Sierra Leone, I don't think they see a whole lot of um, long distance runners running along uh, the roads there. And um, you know, I've been over there a couple of times and, you know, head out the door and I've, I've never felt unsafe. Um, it's just, you know, I'm a bit of a novelty. I think I, I get a few, um, you know, points and, and questions thrown at me as to why on earth I'm doing that and get my car break down. So, um, yeah, I think <laughs> I think Sierra Leone and uh, Kukujang in uh, the Gambia win for me. That's so cool. So it, it, is it a part of my naivety, but it's very safe to just be out running? Oh, look, I mean. From an animals and people point of view? Animal point of view, definitely. Um, yeah. Sierra Leone uh, obviously has, you know, quite a um, uh, quite a high crime rate, and um, I wouldn't say it's the safest place to rate uh, to run. Um, where I was in Freetown was, you know, very much where expats were, and I, I felt quite comfortable there. Um, the Gambia, yeah, absolutely. Um, obviously, it always runs during the day, and um, you know, I don't know, have a colourful shirt on and things like that if you were running around dusk and dawn. But um, yeah, I've never never felt unsafe. I, I think it's more um, more that people are really curious as to why on earth this, you know, white woman's running along the road rather than laying on the beach. Yeah. Were there any wild dogs or anything? Um, yeah, there's wild dogs, but not, um, not that bother you. Okay. Because yeah. I remember running over in Vietnam and that was my biggest concern. Yeah. Yes, and same. I did the same in Sri Lanka, and I remember yeah. the same. But again, I've I've never. Um, it's yeah, you know, they. I guess the, the dogs are a bit of a problem. But in terms of people, um, yeah, people seem more uh, curious about what you're doing than um than in any way threatening. And uh, so, um, I'm actually just trying to find the name of this place that I ran at. Um, we were fortunate enough to go to a wedding in Oslo back in 2012. Mm. And the wedding reception and the only sort of kind of geographical equivalent I can think of is it's as if someone got married in Melbourne and then we drove up to the Dandenongs for the reception. So we sort of went out of the city and meandering up and it was essentially a snow, um, uh, what do you call it? Like a mountain, and, and a, but it was the middle of June. So there was no snow, but it's where people would go to ski. 
Um, but it didn't really feel like you were sort of on Mount Hotham or at Falls Creek or something like I'm doing a bad job describing this. But anyway, we <laughs> went to the reception, we stayed the night and then I got up the next day and I went for this run and I had no idea. I, I, the, it was Everything was in Norwegian, so I couldn't read any of the signs. iPhones, I don't think I had an iPhone back then. I really doubt I would have because I was pretty late to the iPhone game, but I don't run with a phone anyway. Didn't take a map. And I just thought I'm just going to follow my nose for hopefully about half an hour out and then try and make my way back. And so every time I got to a um, sort of T intersection or um, a fork in the road, I just have to try and remember. And it was just the most glorious run of, you know, there was some tiny little sort of, not a lake, but almost like, but not a pond uh, and then trail. And then I went through all these different sort of um, surfaces that I ran on and um, the landscape was variable and it was just, the only thing like dragging me back was like, there's only so many of these forks that I'm going to remember um, and trying to look and go, oh yeah, when you get to the yellow bush, you definitely went left. So on the way back, you've got to go right. And I don't, I'm not notoriously that great for having the whole sense of direction thing nailed. And I just kept thinking, if I get lost, I've got no idea what I'm going to do because we had to catch a flight out of Oslo. Anyway, it was just beautiful. And that was in sort of the remote sort of um, mountain area behind Oslo city. Uh, and that's definitely the most um, memorable in terms of just, I, I just was running along going, I've never run in a, an environment like this and it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I think closer to home, I, I live sort of about 2K from any uh, doorway into Yarraben Park. And I, mm-hmm. I just love running up there and, you know, you can do hill, hill whips up there. I do most of my easy stuff on long runs, but I just, I love how you can do mountain bike trails one day and Q Boulevard the next. And it's, they're both very different to one another. And yeah, I, I always pinch myself and I think we're literally 2.5 kilometers from the CBD and I can't see a single soul and all that's around me is trails like, and we're two and a half away from the city. And yeah, I just never- It is magic. It's one of my favorite places too. And I, I um, you know, can't wait to get back there. I've got um, the Maribyrnong River Trail, a dirt trail sort of right out the door of my place when I get back there and yeah, both of those, those runs are just gorgeous. I agree. It's amazing to think there. Yeah. I just, I never take that for granted. I try and think of that every single run We're this close to, you know, and I'm a city person. I like living in big cities and it's like, we're this close to, you know, a major city and we have just expanse of space and trail and yeah, it's pretty cool. Mm. Uh, Jamie said one more question. I can't remember. Is it one more? Uh, there is one more question. Uh, yeah. The last question is what were you aiming for in 2020 and how has COVID impacted these goals? Cool. Madeline? Yeah, sure. I'll start. Um, well, there was this big event in 2020 that was meant to happen in Tokyo. Um, <laughs> I don't know and, what you're talking about. <laughs> um, like, uh, like everything else um, in 2020, the Olympics got cancelled and um, as they rightly should have, or postponed, I guess is the correct term. Um, and that was, you know, absolutely my goal, like anything else you know had had the potential to be there I think you write that on the calendar and you and you give it a good go um for me I sort of had you know a bit of a rocky start to the year in you know life off the track so it was always going to be a little bit of a stretch um and you know I think things happen for a reason um the postponement I think you know without question was the right thing to do whether the Olympics go ahead next year or not I think is still very much up in the air and and I'm torn to to whether I think it's um, something that really should be prioritised or not, to be honest, in terms of global health and um, <laughs> and, econo- and the economy. Um, but for me, it's really given me a chance to, you know, sit back and look at what I want to do with my running and 
um, you know, what my goals are and, and what running brings to my life. And um, I think I've appreciated my running a lot more this year than I they ever really have. Um, you know, I had a, a long time away from the sport. And then when I returned in 2013, 2014, I returned straight to a, a pretty high level of competition. And um, that was fantastic. But I think it meant that I sort of missed that um, stepping stone to really uh, enjoying um, the community side of running and, um, you know, slightly less, um, less focus. Um, and I guess, you know, having 2019 as a year of uh, returning from surgery and, and, you know, really having a bit of a, a shuffle of my goals there um, to really my number one goal being just to getting back to running and running pain free and being able to enjoy that. Um, 2020 sort of rolled on from that as well. So um, my goals from here, I don't know exactly. Um, they're really to to stay in one piece and um, to really keep enjoying my running and um, I guess to to make sure it it stays as you know one part of my life that brings me joy um, and I think you know my focus has shifted a little bit in the last few months as it always does when I'm injured um, to you know trying to uh, I guess enhance my other skills and um, you know move forward with those so um, for me, as I return to running and nickels go away, you know, the running always comes back to the forefront. Um, but right now I'm just, I'm really happy going out the door and being able to meet up with different friends for runs. Um, I've got Lockie Pism here, who was, you know, one of the, the people I ran with when I was a really young athlete and Russell Chin as well. And um, I can't wait to get back to Melbourne and catch up with everyone and, um, you know, go for runs with them. So yeah, at the moment, I think I just, I really want to progress and, um, enjoy where I'm at at the moment and, and wait and see kind of what that ends up being in 2021. I think, you know, we have to really uh, enjoy the process because at the moment, um, you know, you have no idea what, what races are going to exist. And um, I think if you know, focus too much on a particular race or a particular goal, um, yeah, I think, I think sort of having a, a more general um, uh, view and approach of the next few months is, um, yes, is going to work best for me. Nice response. Gemma? Uh, yeah, so I guess my big goal, um, it's sort of leading into next year, uh, but I was building for it all this year, was the World Cross Country Championships in Bathurst. I just thought, you know, having the opportunity to represent your country in, in Australia um, is such a rare opportunity and it was one year that I'd sort of had in my my eyes for the last couple of years. Um, you know, after having a couple of injuries, it, it was definitely somewhere that I was sort of planning and tailoring my training towards. Um, but yeah, same as Mads, like that's not the only reason I run. Um, I definitely just love running for what it is, like time for myself um, and getting the most out of myself. So I guess with that, I don't even know if it's been rescheduled, cancelled. Um, I don't know if any decisions have been made around that. Um, but, yeah, for me, I just want to feel like I can still get the best out of myself. Like, I'm not going to let all these setbacks sort of dictate my future. I just want to get out and enjoy myself. And, yeah, I would love to run a couple more PBs before I do decide to prioritise other things like family and so on uh, moving forward. Um, but yeah, for the next six months, I just really want to build up that consistency, enjoy myself, my new training partners and yeah, try to try to run a few more PBs and 
finished feeling like I, I achieved the best that I, I could get out of myself. Yeah. And so? Yeah. Um, I, this year was sort of, for me, my major goal was the Chicago marathon. I've run it once before and um, I ordinarily like to do um, a, an autumn and a spring marathon. So one, uh, so two marathons a year, but uh, made a decision late last year that, well, actually it was probably earlier than that, but because we were getting married in Feb and having a honeymoon in a very non-running place that um, I didn't want the pressure of trying to get fit for a marathon around a once in a life sort of um, experience. So I, and I was very happy and sort of content with that. So I just put all my eggs in the Chicago basket and uh, I didn't book flights or anything like that, but I did have a, um, a race start secured. My goal being to break two hours and 40 minutes because I haven't run under 240 for the marathon but I felt like I could get in the shape to give myself the best opportunity to go for that. Um, but I, obviously it was very early on, I could see that <laughs> that wasn't going to happen. So I was, you know, it, it was completely fine to sort of wrap my head around. It wasn't this kind of, what do you mean? I can't go to Chicago, but you know, everything's booked and I'm ready and I've psychologically prepared for this for so long and I'm in great shape and this is my one chance. Like it was easy to just sort of see how things were happening and we only had to see what was happening to America on a political level and just everything that's going on over there to just suddenly not really feel that interested in flying over there which is unusual for me because I've spent a lot of time there and really like the states um so then when that went to smoke I um have just I would like to run a marathon uh early next year I'm at peace now with the fact that that's not going to be overseas so it'll be, I'm kind of at the mercy of the domestic calendar. Um, mm. But yeah, I, I haven't planned anything. I've got no idea. Like everyone else, I really have no idea. But I'm, I haven't thought that much about it. And I don't know about you, Gem. I mean, Mad, you've done a bit of our AV cross-country season. But I guess, Gem, you're a stalwart of the AV cross-country season. I haven't missed it one bit. Like, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. I guess I am. I can say what I want, really. But I have not missed that cross-country season at all this year. I really I've definitely missed aspects of it. Um, yeah. Yeah, like I guess even the social aspect of it, like there's people I haven't seen all year just because yeah. you can't with them every year there. Yeah, I, I agree with that. But I just haven't missed that kind of, you know, sort of even even the races that I wasn't prioritising as an A race. When I'm running for my club, you know, there's always that sort of Friday night, I'll, you know, eat well and, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know what you mean. Just, just that feeling of getting up and racing the next day and, um, I haven't, I just haven't missed it. I really haven't missed it. You know, I love my Friday night glass of wine and I, I don't drink before a race. I just, just don't, I just choose not to. I know you can make you sleep better sometimes and some people like it and that's great for them. But just, I, I just really, I haven't missed it. I haven't missed that feeling on a Friday night of a race the next day, um, which maybe is indicative that I just needed that break and, and having it kind of forced on me hasn't necessarily been a bad thing. Um, but I, I don't even think about it that much. Like I really haven't sort of thought, oh, well, this time last year we're doing Lake Wendoree and we can't do that this year and boo-hoo. And, you know, it's just, it's been, I've been really at peace with uh, and quite liberated by um, a, a slight lack of structure around my running and and no, and it has really reinforced what you've both said and what I've kind of always known is that, you know, we just run to run, like all the competition and the bells and whistles and the, that's just the extra stuff. But running's just, who we are and it's part of our life sorry it's not who we are it's part of our life and it's part of um what makes us happy 
but the racing is really, I guess, 2020 is reinforced to me that it's, it's a nice to have, uh, but it's certainly not that central driver. Um, it's not why you run essentially. No, exactly right. Yeah. And that, that itch might come back. I probably was fatigued. I was probably burnt out. And I mean, a chronic tendinopathy is going to tell you enough about being burnt out, but, but just, um, yeah, I, ju- I just haven't missed it at all. I think I'll get itchy to, to, you know, get fit and, and toe a line. And I, I look forward to that, but in terms of feeling nostalgic at certain weekends and wishing that I was out there, I haven't experienced that this year at all, but when you know you can't do it and there's a good reason why you can't do it, you don't sort of dwell too much on it, you know. I think if it, I think if you can't run, um, but the races are still going on, you'd be itching to do it. 100%. Yeah, but when they're taking 100%. off the cards, yeah, and you can't do it, like it's different. I agree there. And nobody's doing it. Yeah, yeah that's yep, exactly yep. right. If it's like you've got a metatarsal stress fracture, but everyone's yep, at exactly. Bandura and yep. your club needs you, but you're not there, that's different. Yeah, you're spot on. Yeah, I agree. I always get FOMO, even if it's not a big goal race, you, you still want to be out there. Yeah. Or you see everyone racing and you're like, I don't even want to race. I just want to be run pain free. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. You know, and you would have experienced that. And I know it's probably been one of my biggest challenges as a coach. Um, I, I don't find it hard to empathize with those people because I've been there so often. But when you're in constant pain, um and running is your release but it's no longer a release because yeah. you're balancing that yeah it's no longer as fun because it, it hurts absolutely yeah. yeah I was just gonna say when you um Gemma just mentioned your athletes um I actually found it really useful through the last well, you know through my time with the 10 weeks off running to be really open with my athletes um yeah, yep. because you know they tell me their frustrations when they've got a niggle or they're tired or you know everything that's been going on and I think COVID um, has almost given everyone that that's op- opened the door for people to just talk about what they're stressed about um, yep. for, you know me to be able to adapt their training um, to allow for those stresses I think sometimes people think that you know they don't have to or they're not willing to share um, those vulnerabilities and um, you know I've been really open about sort of what's gone on with me and um, you know also my frustrations with um with not running and um, I found it really encouraging I'll get messages from quite a few of my athletes throughout the week saying you know where are you up to with your run how's the ankle and um, you know I found that really um, just just lovely that they're checking in on me as well as me checking in on them yeah yeah they're um, great you know we don't have authority over these people or you know um, I love that it's a it's a friendship you know Mm, yes yeah I agree and then they know that they're not alone like you know how they're feeling and you sort of you've been there like and you're offering advice off your own experiences as well and you can relate to the mental demons and the stuff that goes along with it all yeah very good nice way to end ladies well thank you both for your time on this um public holiday matt is it no you're not on a public holiday are you i am actually uh yes uh i have not worked today which is quite a treat but um there's no one else in in new south wales who's who's shared the public holiday so it's actually kind of nice you know when you have a day off and everyone else is working (laughs) Kind of just a higher holiday. Celebrating yeah. holiday. Yeah, exactly. Very good. Well, thank you for your time, ladies. And uh, thanks to the listeners who sent some questions in and for all the work that you both do um, to continue to fly the flag in the uh, Run to PB community. And we'll look forward to hopefully another Run to, uh, no, what is it? Uh, Better with Running podcast takeover uh, sometime soon. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks. So right. see you, Jim. See you, yeah. guys.